reminded on this Holy Week, um, you know, the most powerful sort of visceral experience. One of them I had in my spiritual journey was going to uh, Israel and uh, one morning early staying in a kibbutz uh, on the Sea of Galilee. Linda and I got up and we had the forethought because of somebody who had recommended this idea to rent stand-up paddle boards and keep them in our hotel room. Our little, our little room in the, in the kibbutz. And we got up at sunrise and dragged our boards down to the shore of the Sea of Galilee, which was just glassy. And out in the mist were all these fishing boats. And we got on these stand-up paddle boards and went out into the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked. Come on now. And then we sat on our boards and dangled our feet in the cool water. It was the beginning of July. It was 195 degrees or so. And so even at sunrise, we just, you know, the steam started to come with the cool water with our feet in the water. And we looked around and we could see the vineyards on the hillsides and the olive orchards and the fisher people. And we just took in all of that moment and it dawned on me as we sat there. And this is not a very big lake, you know, it's, I mean, it's way smaller than Tahoe. We sat on this lake and I thought to myself, Jesus was right here. Like this was a lake that Jesus and his buddies were in and fished in and swam in. Like Jesus was very present in this moment. And it was like, that's why Israel was such a wild experience for me. Because it brought home that idea of the physicality of our faith. How it's rooted in history and applicable, ready, for real life. That's the experience that we have in Christianity. This whole sermon series is about that idea of how do we sense, how do we know the presence of the Holy Spirit in in all that uh, we're we're going through? How is it with all of our senses, including we want to talk about the sense of touch today, how is it that we experience the presence of God in our very real lives? Because that's what this series is all about. about. It's about the presence of the Spirit all the time in all the ways, that He's always there. I just saw Ben chat during uh, uh, one of the testimonies or when Wim was sharing, I think Ben Kearns just said online, he just said, I love it how we're becoming more aware, right? We're tuning our ears and our eyes. We're tuning our senses to be like, oh, God is very present. And that's something that, you know, we, we have to get our head around because we keep t- being tempted to believe he's He's a, he's a concept, he's a, it's a spiritual thing, maybe it's even an intellectual understanding, but that God is way off up there somewhere in heaven. But no, this, there is a physicality to this whole thing. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to lead us to the, uh, the Palm Sunday text, and I want to read that with our eyes open. But those of you that are online, those of you here in the church, you can't do this necessarily, but those of you online, we're going to do a tactical experience a little while later when we get to see the videos of some baptisms. And so what I want you to do online is, those of you who have been baptized, I want you to go and get a bowl of water from your kitchen and bring it in. Just any little small bowl of water and go get it and bring it in. I wish you guys in church could do this, but um, so we're going to, and you're like, really? Yeah, no, go. We're going to wait. Go ahead. I'll turn up the sound on your device and, and I'll, read, I'll read the text. But we want you to be able to have this bowl of water in front of you for, for this sense of touch, tactile experience, okay? And, uh, and, and so we're going to get there in a minute. So go get one. And I know Ben's got one and you guys each have one over there. So uh, if you've been baptized, go get that uh, bowl of water. We're going to have an experience. Now, 
I want you to read with me Luke chapter 19, the triumphal entry passage. And um, I've got the scriptures here. It's Luke 19, 28 through 44. I don't have it all on the screen because it's too long, but it makes my heart warm to see on the, the Zoom a whole bunch of you pulling out your Bibles. That's so great. But here's what I want you to do when we read this. I want you to imagine how... Um, the, the physicality of it. Think about, have you ever noticed how uh, earthy, how tactile, how present, how the senses were all involved in this text? So this now, you guys, is Jesus coming for the final week of his life, the Sunday before the resurrection, Palm Sunday, coming into Jerusalem to begin the process of going to the cross. After, verse 28, after Jesus had said this, he went, on ahead of them, uh, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there that no one has ever ridden. Bring it, uh, untie it and bring it here to me. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Now already, do you just see this? This, this is just rooted in, in, in this engagement and this I mean, you ever, you ever smelled a, a, a colt? Like, you know, it's a, we find out it's a donkey. Like, you ever smelled a donkey? Like, all, there's so many senses involved in this experience. So they go, and of course, they're like, well, just like God said, this is a real thing happening right in front of me. Like, here's a real animal. So those who were went ahead, found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And so, you know, you know the Lord needs it. They, they brought it to Jesus threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread out their cloaks on the road. And in the other parallel passages, this is also where they say, and some brought branches that they cut and laid those on the road. And some also used the branches to worship him. This is the Palm Sunday part. They were beginning to, this image was happening of Jesus being king. Now think of all the people and all the crowds and all of the noise and all of the worship and people were proclaiming. And as it goes on to say, when he came near the place, where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Not because they had heard that maybe he was God, not because they thought he had some wisdom. They actually saw some stuff go down in their midst. You with me? And so they began to make this noise and wave their palm branches and say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the disciples, uh, sorry, Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, now think about this, think the physicality of this. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city in the distance, he wept over it and said, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you. He was looking across the Kidron Valley and he was seeing the the fortifications and the temple in the distance and he said, someday your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side and they will dash you to the ground and the children within your walls and they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And Jesus wept. Everything about this passage is just sensory. There's so much going on in this. And it's all, it's earthy experience of being in the midst 
of a very real Savior who came to a very real world to meet very real needs. You with me? There is an undeniably, undeniable physicality to Christianity and our spiritual journey. You can't get away from that reality. Everything that we do, our worship experience is physical. We come to meet in the room. Those of you who have been on Zoom know there's a difference. Those of you that are at home are like, I kind of wish I could be at church right now. There's something that happens in the midst. We're so grateful for Zoom. I always say, man, I never thought I'd say thank you, Jesus, for Zoom. But I, yes. But man, there's some, but being together in worship, there is a spiritual reality that happens when we're physically present with one another. Our mission it, there's a physicality to our mission. In my day, we always went to Mexico. And, uh, and now, you know, thinking about the students going to Alaska or Guatemala or whatever, the power in those experiences was always, I mean, there were smart people who every year said, you know, I'm doing the math. And it's like a thousand bucks a kid on this trip. You're sending 47 kids to Mexico to build a house. If we just sent that $47,000... <laughs> We could build way more houses that, by the way, would have straight walls. (laughs) But there's something about the students being in the lives of the people to say, I love you, I touch you, I'm in the midst of this experience with you. There's a physicality to our faith that is way bigger than the sum of its parts. It's in our worship, it's in our mission, it's in our prayer time. The scriptures have us the laying on of hands in prayer. Because we communicate, I'm with you in your experience, and I'm present here. Our fellowship of being together, our offering is physical. Now, many of us, I do, I have my tithes and offerings before the Lord. Lynn and I have decided what we, the Lord's asked us to give. It comes out of our, che- our paycheck. We send it out every month, and, uh, and it, it goes to support the mission of our church. But I'll tell you what. There's something very physical about when we're together in the room uh, or when you're online to click send or when we're in the room to be able to put a, a prayer card in or to be able to put an offering card in or to be able to put my offering in the plate. There's something that engages the spirit in a powerful way, right? Man, there's so much to our worship experience that there's this physicality. Our two most important sacraments are that way. The Lord's table is a tactile experience, isn't it? We come to tear the bread and to drink the cup and to taste it and to touch it. And it reminds us of the body of Christ that was broken and the blood of Christ that was poured out for us. And then there's baptism. Baptism is so physical, right? If you've been baptized, you know what I'm saying. That is an engagement in this this, in the water and in the washing and in the, the, it's a physical reminder of what God has done spiritually. And, um, and we never forget it because there's a physicality to it. Well, have you ever stopped to ask why? Why? Why is there such a physicality? Why is the sense of touch so important to our spiritual journey? And it's because the, the tactile can can be a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. It helps translate spiritual realities into our everyday lives and reminds us that our spirituality is an everyday real experience with an everyday present God. That's what our physicality does. God has instituted it so that we don't miss that he's real. It's not just ethereal, it's not just conceptual, it's not just intellectual. 
It matters to your real life right where you are. Now, I'm going to take a break in the middle of my sermon, and we have the privilege to watch a video of seven people who got baptized over the last month or six weeks. And we couldn't do it all in the room together, and we couldn't do it all in the same tank and all those kinds of things, and so we videotaped those, and we put together an edit of their stories. I want to mention their names, too, before, and I want to do a few things before we get to the video, so don't press play back there yet, gang. Uh, This is Kelly Lamb and Ben Gideon and Tiffany Brown and Eli Allen, and Madison Howard, and Mason Alcorn, and Sage Kushner, who have all made professions of faith in Christ, and you get to hear part of that. Uh, by the way, Ben is, Pastor Ben on, online is going to put a, and you can go find it later on our website, Ben is going to put a link to the full testimony, so you can go listen to everyone's story. But seven people who have given their lives to Christ, seven people who have who are experiencing baptism as a physical manifestation of this spiritual reality. And this is the tactile experience I want you to have, those of you that are home that were courageous enough to go and get a bowl of water. That I want you, with that bowl of water, to renew your baptismal vows, to remember the day that you went before the people of God and went into the waters of baptism to say, this is true about me, that I'm a Christ follower, and I once was dead and now I'm alive. And my sins have been forgiven because of what Christ has done. And I proclaim to the church that I'm Jesus' person. At the beginning of this video, you're going to hear both both voices of Pastor Ben and Pastor Courtney speaking the vows over these baptismal candidates. And you'll hear the seven responding, I do. And with each one, if you've got that bowl of water in front of you, to be able to take that water and to touch the physicality of touching the water, and remembering and recommitting yourself to your baptismal vows that you're a daughter of Jesus, a son of Christ. And maybe even if you want to take that and you know, make the sign of the cross over your forehead or whatever you want to do with it, that it would be a physical experience that reminds you of your physical baptism so that we might let that manifestation of a spiritual reality Give us this experience of the presence of God in the moment. So, a nice parenthesis in the middle of my sermon. I'll come back and wrap up talking about the sense of touch. But let's celebrate the baptism of seven of our dear friends. Do you now desire to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and affirm your identity as a child of God? I do. I do. I do. Yes. Proclaiming this covenant with Jesus Christ, do you renounce your old way of living with sin? and separation from God, and commit to living a life that is more in line with your true identity as a child of God and a follower of Jesus Christ. I I do. 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 In order to keep growing towards a life in Christ, will you devote yourself to the disciplines that have proven fruitful throughout all the ages, the study of scripture, participating deeply and meaningfully in the fellowship of the church, this body here at Marine Covenant Church, and the breaking of bread and a prayer. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, will you do all in your power to participate fully in the life of this congregation and to use your gifts and abilities to expand the kingdom of God as you work to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? I I I do. I am so excited and proud today that I have surrendered my life to Jesus. 
I long to live and breathe in his love so that others can feel and witness his love through me. And I vow to live a life that will make him proud. Kelly, beautiful friend, because you have committed your life to Jesus and you call him Savior and Lord, I have the privilege of inviting you to be baptized, the outward sign of the inward decision you've made. And I'm gonna baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because you belong to Jesus, girl, you belong to us and we belong to you here at MCC. We love you. My friend, the outward sign, the demonstration of your new life in Christ. What a beautiful moment. Thank you for being here with us. I love God because God loves me. I follow the Lord because he knows exactly what I need and where my happiness lies. And may the spirit of Christ guide me and be upon me everywhere that I go. Amen. Hey, yo, I do not know much, but through God, there's peace beyond measure. And that when you praise Jesus' name, that life will be better. And you'll open up your scripture, memorize each letter, be a leader to the lost and young, you'll be a trendsetter. And continue with your good works. Because I promise you, he sees us. Ayo, Hebrews 13, 5, he promised that he'd never leave us. Yo, blessings to everyone that goes to those who do and don't believe us. Ayo, it's been too long for me, so now we'll get cleansed in the blood of Jesus. And that's all I got on that. <laughs> okay, Ben Gideon, child of God, cleansed through the blood of Christ, redeemed young man for God's eternal purpose. This is an outward sign of an inward reality. It's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. One God. That's it. Nice work, Dan. <sighs> Blessings. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. I found Jesus little by little after a series of disappointing friendships in high school and college. These left me lonely and broken. I never really felt like I fit in with a lot of people my age and I was seeking affirmation from others and pursuing a sinful lifestyle that left me empty. I knew I needed to find something bigger to fulfill me, so I began searching for something greater. Looking back, I realized that Jesus had been with me this entire time and that I was just unaware of his presence in my life. All right, Tiffany, it is our pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, you are a daughter of the King and a child of Mary Covenant. We just love you with all of our hearts. Congratulations. <laughs> with getting baptized, I would give myself to God and help grow my faith even more. Daniel 2.22 It is He who reveals the profound and hidden things. He, is known, he knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with Him. This verse really matters to me because it, helped me give, it helps me give faith in God and that, that, and that He will always be with me till the end. Eli Allen, by your own declaration of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus to be in my life at a really young age and grew up with him. I gave my life to Jesus because I knew that he loved me and promised to save me from my sins so that I may live with him in heaven forever. I wanted this and wanted him. There were times in my journey of faith when I fell asleep and didn't devote myself fully to God. I put him aside to focus on school and other life events. With my focus away from God, I felt myself fall into like an insecure, gloomy state. I was stuck in that feeling until I returned back to God. 
the gloom went away, the more I realized that what God wanted from me, which was the real me, that not being perfect is fine, and that I am created in God's image. Madison, so Danny and I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Growing up in the church, I knew Jesus my whole life, but there have been many hard times in my life that he has helped me through. As I matured and learned more about Jesus, I started to think about him in a more detailed way, which made me even more certain that he was my Lord. The church has always been there and really helped me develop my trust for God because I trust his sacrifice and commitment to me. Okay. All right, Mason, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Job, yes. Congratulations. Welcome. Now, normally imagine the whole church going, yeah. but we're just going to internally know that for now, okay? Yeah. Good job. Hi, my name is Sage Kushner, and so I'm going to questions. The first one is, when and why did you decide to make Jesus your Lord and Savior? And I had a more gradual experience, but if I had to pinpoint one event, it'd probably be the Arrows Conference this year or the past year. And it was just really peaceful seeing a lot of people my age kind of talking about our faith. And it made me realize that Christianity is something that I really wanted to pursue. And then a verse that really matters to me is Romans 15, 13. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I like this verse because it's a reminder that there's always hope. And even though this past year has been pretty tough, it's just nice to remember that there's always hope. All right, Sage Kushner, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is that not the best news? That is the best. Yay. Good job. You know, and we love that for this exact reason, that there is this, um, there's something so real about someone who's willing to get in the tub and go, this symbolizes what happened inside. It just brings it right down into our very real experience. And so, by the way, and uh, I don't, we don't want to forget to say, if you're like, what, how did I miss that? I want to be baptized. Like, We'll do it next month, like if you want. Like we'll do it as soon as, so go ahead and, and uh, reach out to, to any of your pastors and we'll, we'll set up talking about it. So this tactical experience, tactile, tactile, I was told not to say tactical because it just comes out. And of course now I did. Tactile experiences can be, as I said, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. And boy, this thing we just saw is that in spades. But, it's, but we, we want to be aware of all of our senses and this sense of touch. We want to be aware more and more of, of how, how we can be aware of God's presence. Well, where did we get this proclivity to such an, uh, I keep wanting to use the word earthy, like real, like, and I want to say gritty, but not in, like, not in a bad way, but like, 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 human? Like, where did we get this, this experiential part of this spiritual journey? And the answer is Jesus. That was the plan of God. That's such a wild plan that God sent his son. God manifested himself in three persons and came himself in the flesh. 
crazy talk. Because there was going to be a ministry of physicality. There was going to be a ministry of touch. There was going to be a, 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 an ability to connect with God and to know that he was connecting with us in our very real lives. Jesus became flesh. John 1.14 says that. It says that the word, God himself, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He came to be with human beings And we've seen his glory. How crazy that the glory of God would manifest itself in such a physical way. Wow, talk about a physical manifestation um, of a spiritual reality. Jesus came in the flesh. This is the words I wrote as I was reflecting on this. Jesus came and people knew the presence, the truth, and the love of God through the touch of God. He came to touch and be with people. And so this is my hope. My hope is that our experiences uh, would of touch of, of our tactile sense, and really at the end of this sermon series, of all of our senses, that that experience would be a window to the spiritual realities that we would see metaphorically in our case today, the touch of God, that we'd see metaphorically that God was coming to connect with us in a very real way. I mean, what does the touch of God look like concretely and then for us metaphorically? What does it look like? We can just look at Jesus's life. Three quick things before I finish. One, Jesus, when you read his life, touched people to restore them. That's what he did. He came to restore. Oh, little hint. Sunday after Easter, we're going to do a whole series on the God who restores. The God who restores lost years, the God who restores broken hearts, the God who restores uh, our, our life, the God who brings resurrection. This is going to be a post-resurrection series. It's going to be so good. But Jesus touched people to restore them. You can't read the Gospels without being like, wow, there was so much restoration going on. Why? Because he was showing that the kingdom had come, and in the kingdom, everything that we've lost through sin and death will be restored. That's why he came and touched and therefore restored people. Just one passage among many. I picked um, uh, Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. Let's just listen to this. You can write it down, look at it later. When Jesus came down the mountain from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand, say it, and did what? Touched the man and said, because look at there's the physicality, but what's, it, what's the reality? What's the spiritual reality behind it? Jesus reached out and physically touched the man, but said, I am willing, now you be clean. Jesus came to touch us and bring restoration in our lives. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Maybe our experiences of touch that were going to remind us of this idea that God wants to restore us and those around us. I remind you of this so that when you have these tactile experiences, you can welcome the restoration of God in your life. That whatever it is that you experience, that you would remember and think, oh, just as I'm physically getting to touch this and grasp it and feel it, that's God wanting to touch and restore me. 
Jesus touched people to restore them. Jesus also reached out his hands to rescue people. Jesus reached out his hands to rescue people. And the passage that I was thinking about in, in there was, you know, I think he did it metaphorically in many ways, but also really physically. Matthew chapter um, 14 is when, when Jesus walked on the water. And do you remember what happened then when he was walking on the water? That Peter decided he was going to go walk on water too. Do you remember this text? Oh, by the way, I've walked on water on the Sea of Galilee. So shortly before dawn, Jesus went out. So the disciples were out on the boat. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. That's just one sentence in the Bible. It's just like, you know, Jesus went out walking on the lake. So great. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, then this is blowing my doors off. That's what my translation says. If it is you, then tell me to come to you on the water. Oh man, come on. This is not the point of this text or the point of my sermon. But do you not want a heart like Peter's who goes, look at, if this is what's happening, if we're going to be breaking all the rules, if we're going to watch supernatural stuff happen, if we are going to go way past what it's like to be human and to be stuck in this body and stuck in this time frame, like I want all of what you got. So let me come out and walk on water with you. It's so great. Come. Come. Jesus said, oh, that's even better. Come on now. I need some help. Jesus like, you long for the supernatural? You long to turn this world upside down? You long to go for what you were made to do? Then you come on. (laughs) Then Peter got got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. How physical is this experience? But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, now you're thinking about your storm? Are you thinking about when you stepped out of the boat for life as you believed it was designed to be? Are you thinking about then when the wind and the waves came up and knocked you for a loop? Are you thinking about the times where you have said, Lord, save me? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and grasped him. He caught him and kept him from sinking. Jesus reaches out his hand to rescue people. I pray that and I remind you of this so that when you have these physicality experiences, this sense of touch is activated. When you use your hand in any way that you might be able to appropriate and welcome the rescue of God that that represents. In your real world, he comes and grasps you so that you will not sink. And the last thing that I thought of around this idea of touch in the ministry of Jesus is that he gathered people in his arms to bless them. Mark chapter 10 is one of the passages that talks about Jesus and little children. Mark 10, 13 starts this way. 
People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, for the, but the disciples rebuked him. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. This is, the, this is his gathering them in delight and blessing and pouring out his love on them. I remind you of this, that Jesus touched and gathered people in his arms to let them know his love and delight and blessing. And I remind you of this so that when you have these, these experiences, when you welcome and appropriate, the, 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 that you will welcome and appropriate this, this touch of God, this gathering of you in his arms, that when you hug a loved one, that you would know the delight and the blessing of God in your real world, in your real time. Well, this is all, Jesus' ministry, friends, was all about saying, this ministry of touching, of being present, was all about saying, I'm real. You're not alone. I know your experience. I've walked in those shoes. I love you, and I want to walk with you. And this has all been the point of this series, not just this sermon, that he would give you eyes to see and ears to hear, that you would be able to taste and see the Lord, that with all of our senses, we would experience the knowledge of the presence of the Spirit in our every day. Because this is a gritty and earthy and real and present God and salvation we have. So the only question that remains is, Will you invite and welcome that real encounter, the spiritual reality that these physical things point to? Will you welcome the Holy Spirit coming in and touching you? So when you experience the, the tactileness, when you feel the breeze on your face, would you receive the refreshment of the Spirit of God who restores you? When you walk into the house and you smell that incredible aroma of your favorite food in the kitchen, will you welcome the fragrance of life? Will you welcome the life that God brings, rescuing us from death? When you hug and embrace a loved one, will you know that that is a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality that God, even right now, is gathering you in his arms in delight and in blessing? Friends, let's stay on the journey of being aware of the presence of God in all of our moments, in all of our senses, and welcome him to do that in us. Let's do that even now as we worship. You may stand as we worship him.